Hello, hello. What is up? What's up, man? We uh, are we doing SLA and chill today? Yes, SLA and chill NFL edition, though. Wonderful. It's 421, ladies and gentlemen, so uh, you can guess why nobody did it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hey, I like that. I like that. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, so what do we got in store for everyone today? You want to let them know? Well, today we have the top three receivers in the NFL draft. We're going to break that down. And then we're going to talk about our team, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And then we may give you a little bit more after that. Sounds good to me. All right, let's get it started. Uh, so we came up with the idea for the first one because I was online looking at sports bets because I'd like to make a little more money. And uh, the only thing on right now is the NFL draft because COVID-19. And there was a bet I saw on one of the websites that was if you get the top three wide receivers in order coming off the board correctly, you'll have plus 300 odds on it. So that's pretty damn good. What do you think? Yeah, I like that. I'm, I might do it myself, to be honest with you. I wouldn't mind getting a little more change. Oh, yeah. I'll send you that link in a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think... I'm just going off my ratings here and uh, not so much off of who's picking. In my opinion, it should go Judy first, then C.D. Lamb, then Ruggs. Okay. So and, you got uh, Judy first? I got Judy first. I don't know. I don't think he has the highest ceiling, in my opinion, but I think he's the best coming out. Like, I think you put him into any offense and he can make a difference right off the bat. Uh, I think CeeDee Lamb, it, damn near the same way. He's going to be great, too. Uh, I love his speed. I love his route running. I, I just like his ability in general. And then I think Ruggs is the least polished of the three. If you're just looking yeah. from uh, from what they are now, I think Ruggs is probably the lowest on that list. But... To be fair, they're all they all have like all pro to Hall of Fame level potential. I definitely agree with that. Uh on my ranking, I have I have Lamb, Judy, and then Ruggs. Like you were saying, I feel like Lamb has the higher ceiling and stuff like that, but I could see Judy going before him though, because I, I feel like he's in there th- those those two will be in between the Jets. The Raiders and the 49ers. And I feel like if the Jets go go towards going, if they have an offensive tackle on the board, like a, a Thomas or a Worse or even a Makai Becton, they could go offensive tackle to protect Sam Darnold because Lord knows he needs protection on that offensive line because the Jets been having a weak offensive line. But I feel like, I don't know what it is, I feel like Judy would be that person you will see with the Raiders out of those three guys and Ruggs I feel like he's gonna be one hell of a number two for like a you have a nice possession receiver on, on the other end and you add him with the speed and he definitely needs to work when he gets his routes and everything because he's fast he, he was the fastest one in the NFL around a 4.29 and stuff like that because he definitely got the speed just add him with another possession receiver you could have a dynamic duo if you put the right if he's on the right team though Oh hell yeah! Some people might, some people may try to put him on as a number one super early, but I feel like he needs to start off as number two, and then uh, finish with development. I agree. I think it'd be beneficial to all these guys to start off as a number two. I wouldn't want to, uh, like with the Jets. I don't know, man. I think if I'm the Jets, I'm taking Judy or uh, Lamb. If I'm taking any of the wide receivers, and then I would pick up an older guy in free agency that's still available. I, I'd like to see Des Bryant get a chance somewhere, and I think the Jets, with as shallow as they are at wide receiver, could actually throw him in as a number two or a number three guy, and he'd do well. But I don't. I um, the Raiders worry me for 
Jerry Judy just because they don't have any talent that's like an off the wall burner guy. They don't have like because Rugs, if he goes somewhere and he's and they've got a guy like if he went to uh, Arizona and they've got Larry Fitzgerald, they've got DeAndre Hopkins. Rugs can sit there and run slant, ra- uh, slant routes and crossers all day and find openings all across the field because he won't even be on people's radar at, when they're game planning. That's true. And Kyle Murray be the happiest person in the world to have him on there too with those three guys. Oh my god. Uh. Man. All right. So your order was Lamb, Judy, and then Rugs. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm taking Judy Lamb, then Rugs. But don't, the only thing I'm pretty sure about is that Rugs will not be the first off the board. No, I, I agree to that. I've been wrong I in do. the past with the draft, though, because those burner guys, those speed guys. Think about what happened with John Ross. Yep. <laughs> People yeah. love speed, but <laughs> um. Big news coming out of uh, New England today. Gronkowski oh, yeah, that... retirement and told the Patriots that he would do it if he could go play in Tampa with Tom Brady. So they traded him as well as a seventh-round pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for their fourth-round pick, which is a steal for both sides. Because on the one hand, the Patriots weren't getting anything for Gronk. He was retired. So to get a fourth-round pick for a seventh-round pick without really losing anything, it's wonderful. And for the Buccaneers to get Gronk for a fourth-round pick, holy crap. Yeah, that's a big steal. Like, it was a, it was already kind of written in stone because they were already talking about trading O.J. Howard, which I think is a young, talented tight end. So adding him with Brady, he, know, he knows Gronkowski for all the years they had in New England. But yeah, that's a big steal for both sides because the Patriots going to do a developmental, a, well, a rebuild now. So they're going to have to find a young talent on that team. We're going to see a new Patriots this coming up season, hopefully. That is the I, I don't think that the Patriots can be the team they have been in the past without Tom Brady and with the question marks they have on the offensive end. Uh, if Jared Stidham comes out and is as amazing as they've been touting that he is, then hell, maybe that maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see this year being the year that they can, you know, go back to the Super Bowl. I have a nice defense, but offense is still in the air. I I just feel like they should definitely try to draft a quarterback. Just, just don't put all your eggs in one basket with this guy, uh, Sternum from uh, he played at Auburn, right? Uh, I think so. Oh, Stidham, yeah. Sorry, yeah, my brain just blanked for a second. Not, I couldn't remember who we were talking about. But uh, yeah, we were yeah. Let's see, Jared Stidham. Yeah, he played at Auburn. Yeah, I think, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but I just. I wouldn't just throw him out there. I would have at least some competition. I, I'm definitely not going to put Brian Hoyer out there. Yeah, he's a he's good veteran to help for a team with some young quarterbacks, but I wouldn't mind Jordan Love going to the Patriots, to be honest with you. I feel like he'd be at the, in that range. I agree. I'd like Jordan Love to, to go to either the Patriots or the Packers. And the Packers, I'd like him to go there because he sits behind Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers might treat him like how Brett Favre treated Aaron Rodgers. He might be a dick to him. But if you're the eventual starter there and you get to sit and watch the routine of a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's been one of the best in the league for damn near, what, 12 years now? About 12, sound about right, 12, 12, 15 years. So. He... He's Man, been. Uh, I know he's been in the NFL a little bit longer, but I can't remember how long it took him to get the starting job from Roger or from Barb. I take it out while we're still talking. Oh yeah. So I, don't want to I got you. But um, in other news, can we talk about this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team? Holy shit, that is going to be scary. 
On the offensive end, they have at wide receiver Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, both of whom mm-hmm. you're going to have to game plan against. Then you got Tom Brady, widely considered to be the GOAT at quarterback. Ronald Jones, the second, and TJ Logan, the backfield, not necessarily anything to brag about, but they're they're solid. Then a tight end, you got OJ Howard, Cameron Braid, and freaking Rob Gronkowski. If they keep OJ Howard, they have the best tight end core in the NFL. I'm just saying that if Gronk is the same. Line up in three tight end sets all day and nobody be able to stop them. It's Bruce Arians, though. That's the only reason I don't know. If I'm them, I would trigger it away Cameron Brait instead of uh, OJ Howard. Not because I'm right this second, but I think Cameron Brait, like this year, will probably be better than OJ Howard. But you get OJ Howard in a room with Gronk and a room with Brady, and uh, you get some of those alpha males sitting there getting on his ass when he fucks up and things like that. And I, I don't think there's any chance he won't turn into a superstar. I agree to that. Hey, Cam Brady can come to a certain team we're going to talk about in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, to the Cowboys. We'll give you another fourth round pick. <laughs> For real? Got one. Um, speaking yeah. of which, actually, there's one more thing I wanted to talk to you about before we get into our uh, Cowboys mock draft. And that's Jeffrey Okuda. I'm not sold on him, man. Everybody I see, every mock draft I've read in the past like three weeks has Jeffrey Okuda coming off the board at number three. Nobody's better. He's the best cornerback ever. Like, I've been watching some tape, and don't get me wrong, I'm not an expert, but I've watched the film, and I think he's great. I think he has a, uh, all the talent in the world, his skills are really polished. But I don't see top-end speed from him to where he's going to be that island shutdown corner like a Darrell Revis or like um, or like McCourty for the um, for the Patriots has been like I don't see him being that guy where you can line up field and go that's your man shut him down don't let him catch anything run zone with everybody else and it'd be okay I think he could be one of the best slot corners in the game. I think he will be one of the best slot corners in the game, but I just don't see him being that outside shutdown corner. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing why he's so high up there is because he plays at Ohio State with a lot of talent on that on that defense. So a lot of players look better than they really are. I feel like he's going to be a talented corner, but I feel like C.J. Henderson is a better corner, in my opinion. From what I, I saw, he's more of a... Is elite in more areas. Like Okuda is amazing. Don't his uh, his skills, his ability to turn, his ability to uh, stick a guy at the line, to mirror him. All those things are incredible. But you get you get Odell on him, you get Tyreek on him, and it's going to be a hard game over and over and over again. And then on top of that, you get a guy like DeAndre Hopkins against him, and he's he's not like short. He's got plenty of length and everything but he doesn't have the so- or the speed and the agility and the size to stick with some of those guys a lot of teams fall in love with the 40 yard dash which is not the thing you should fall in love with in a corner because you want to know how he shuffles side to side and they, they're running backwards most of the time so you want to know their hips are going to, like, you want to know that when he's backing up, he can turn and get and keep up with that guy really well. And I think Okuda can do that with most receivers in the league. But that top, those top end guys, I just don't see it. I, I like see, like, he's got it. Uh, he's really good at it. He turns quickly. He gets out, uh, has some burst out of it. But he doesn't have the same type of burst that C.J. Henderson or A.J. Terrell does. I feel like he shouldn't. Uh, he should go to a team that has a number one uh, corner, but has, but needs a number two, and he learned from a veteran corner. I'm just throwing a team out. Like I, I know this is just kind of out of range, but if he could be with Patrick Peterson in Arizona and learn from him, I could see, definitely see him do 
do well. Uh, see, and I think that's the more accurate spot where his range should be. I think he should be fa- falling between eight and fifteen. Mm-hmm. Not this guy is getting drafted at number three, and he's expected to go in there and shut down your top in wide receiver every week, especially for the Lions. Which, like, don't get me wrong, they've. I'm not going to shit on the Lions right now. I understand what you're they're, saying. They're the Lions. Yeah. They're just... And then, Matt, then, you know, they got the... They call the defensive guru out of uh, Bill Belichick's uh, coaching staff, which isn't hasn't been too hot outside of Bill Belichick. But Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I love Bill Belichick. I love... The- uh, I love that his guys get so much respect across the league, but a lot of them have gone places like Bill O'Brien, for example. He's gotten the Texans to the playoffs. Yep. But he wasn't able to do anything past that. He hasn't gotten past the Patriots once. I think Belichick is one of those coaches where you go there, you learn a lot, but he's not going to teach you all his tricks. Oh, no, he He'll give you a little bit here and there. A lot of them try to mimic him, and it's like a bad creation when it comes to that. They try to act like him and stuff, but there's only one Bill Belichick. Just try to be your yourself as a, your own coach and kind of just take little bits from him and, and try to develop your own brand. Oh, I just don't think that Bill Belichick can be replicated as far as the work ethic that he takes each and every day. I feel like that man sleeps and eats football. <laughs> well, he doesn't take any days off. If you've ever uh, listened to Chris Sims talk about him, he, I've heard him say that Bill would sleep in the office most nights. Uh, same thing about Kyle Shanahan. Like, these guys are going to work, staying at work, eating at work, drinking at work. Basically yeah, breathing football 24-7. Yeah. I was saying, I remember that. Um, I know exactly the interview you're talking about with uh, Chris Sims. He did definitely say that because he was like an assistant for them for like a year. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he said pretty much he, he had like this big old list of staff members that each one of them had one one uh, one position to do. That's how big of a staff that Bill Belichick has. <laughs> and he's keeping track of everything the whole time. Yeah. I know I could not. <laughs> I could not be Bill Belichick. That is just a level of dedication I have never, never even imagined. Yeah, there's like I said, one of a kind person. Because I love football, but not to the extent he does. But in uh, in other news, we have a mock draft coming up. We're gonna do oh, every yes, Dallas Cowboys pick for you. And our boy Aaron Paul is going to start us off. Round one, pick number 17. Who you got? I have. I'm going with defense end when I'm going with Kayla Von Chasen out of LSU. Did not participate in the in the NFL combine, but people were saying he made it because his production wasn't all that. But I feel like you put him in the right system, with, especially with us, we need an edge rusher who's bendy and fast like him. He'll fit perfect with us on this team. That's why I'm going with Caleb Vaughn chasing out of LSU. 6'3", 254 pounds. Man, he's a monster. Yeah. He's got power. He's got speed. He's going to be something really special. I can't see him not developing into something amazing. Are there better guys off the board in round one? Of course. Chase Young. Yeah. Javon Kinlaw. But uh, Derek Brown. But I don't see too many, too many defensive linemen that have better potential than him. I agree. And I feel like all those guys you just listed will be gone before we could even, even think about him at that at that number seventeen pick. I think seventeen's him falling. To be honest with you, I get a little bit worried when it, that's why I didn't put him on mine. Which spoiler alert: I don't have Caleb on Chase, and it's my first round pick. Because I think he'll get taken up by Tampa Bay or Atlanta before he drops to us. Yeah. I can even see him going to San Francisco to replace uh, 
to replace the loss they had in... Oh, my God. Come on. Don't blank on a name right now. They traded away one... Eric Armstead. Armstead. Oh, yeah. I could see that happening. I, I could see him getting taken by three or four guys above us. But I hope you're right. On my end, it, I've got us taking a guy from in the secondary and my top corner in the draft, CJ Henderson. He's six foot one, he weighs 204 pounds. His 40 time was a 4.39. He's great in man coverage. I think he has a lot of room to develop. He's not as polished as, say, Okuda is. Um, but damn, if he can get there, he's a, he's that type where he could be a shutdown corner. Like, put a guy on an island, tell him, don't let him touch the ball. I would. I love to have him on the team. It's just I'm not like you, like we're saying about Calvin, but there's a lot of teams that need a corner. And I feel like between nine and and where we're at, that's why I, I get kind of worried about. Oh, somebody might try to pick up C.J. Henderson. See, and that's exactly. Here's the thing: is there's Henderson, there is Terrell, and there's Calvin, and there's also Xavier McKinney, and I would be fine with any of those picks as far as defense goes and one of those guys will fall to 17 yeah I definitely could see that I wouldn't be mad with either one of you stuff like that agreed who you got in the second round with that uh, pick number 51 number 51 I have a I'm adding to the secondary and I'm going with Cam Dantzler out of Mississippi State who was 6'2", 188. Uh, he ran a 4.6-40-yard uh, in, in the 40-yard dash, had a 34.5 vertical jump. I know the speed is very low, slow, but I feel like he's he's a perfect pers- uh, press man corner. He's just perfect for the team as a, as a cube, uh, cornerback one. That, yeah, he, he needs to get, into, and get his weight up and not uh, that's what a strength and conditioning in the NFL will do for him. I've, but I feel like he, he he's perfect for the team when it comes to being physical. He, yeah, he's skinny, but when you put him with the right coaches and stuff like that and add him with a – you got an Al Harris as your cornerback coach, you can't go wrong with that. And that's the funny thing. That's one of his comparisons, how he plays, and I kind of could see that from watching his game and Al Harris's game, which is not a bad corner to be compared to. In my honest opinion. No, Al Harris is a great corner. I don't know whether I'd be comfortable with him as our number one corner off the back. I think I'd like to see him develop a little bit more, especially with his 40 time being lower. I, what? I know 40 times not the most important stat, but when you're talking about corners, speed is incredibly important. I would like, I think he could be uh, a little bit more effective if that's uh Nichols corner, the slot guy. Okay, I... Jesus, could I fuck up speaking anymore? Um... <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Hey, hey we make up. It all happens. So, who do you got? Your number two in the second round. Uh, I want to see the Cowboys uh, become just a little bit more of a threat on offense. We don't really have a tight end. We don't have. Uh... Well, we don't really have a tight end. So, take the tight end off the field a little bit more. Have one guy out there. Pick up K.J. Hamler out of uh, Penn State and have him as our slot guy, our third wide receiver. Have Michael Gallup out on one side, have Amari Cooper on the other, and then have them try and figure out how to uh, cover K.J. Hamler with that blazing fast non-existent 40 time. But if you check, 4.27 is what he said he ran. And uh, I believe him. <laughs> I think he shows on the tape. He's fast as hell, man. And he's got great I, – I think he's got great burst in and out of his routes. I think he's got the potential to be a really damn good uh, wide receiver number two. And I'd love to see our 
third guy be amazing? You got anything to add there, man? No, I like you said. I could definitely see it being a 4.27. He'd definitely be excellent in the slot. I don't worry about how big he is. See, we had Cole Beasley. We seen what he did. He was about the same size. It's and more he, about what the Cole Beasley was great, but he was a quick guy. He was one of the – he was like the, uh, the stereotypical slot guy, quicker than fast type. Yeah, he was shifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, he, he he definitely had a four point two seven, but he he was shifty when uh, he got the ball <laughs> and stuff like that. You can definitely watch tape. Uh, in the third round, I went slot receiver. I went to UT to get Devin Duvernay, five ten two hundred, who had one hundred and six receptions, thirteen hundred eighty six yards, and nine touchdowns. I feel like he'd be perfect for the for our, our special team on kick and punt return. He looks like a running back playing receiver. He's quick. And he, his best games were against LSU this year, which we lost to. But uh, he ran a 4.39 in the 40. A 30, yeah, 35.5 in the vertical jump. And 123 in the broad jump. And a 7.13 in the three-cone drill. And a 4.2 in the 20-yard shuttle. I feel like he fits into our slot in our and as a return game, which we definitely need on this team, which I think would be a good fit for our team with him and Gallup and uh, Cooper. Okay, so I got KJ Hamler in the second, and you're going for uh, another wide receiver in the third. I like it. I like what you're thinking there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know enough about him to talk about him. I get you. I definitely send you a highlight so I mean, you'll you you might consider having him as you in the third round if you switch it around. I don't know. Just Hell saying yeah. I like the type of thing. Well I trust you. Uh I will definitely take a look at him. One more te- uh, time. What was the last name on that? Devin what? Duvernay. Duvernay? Yeah. Okay. All right. I will check him out after this podcast. That's cool. So, uh, who you had you um, in the third round? I went and tried to get us some help at uh, defensive line, seeing as in my mock draft, Caleb on Jason got taken a little too early. And I went with Jabari Zuniga out of Florida. This dude is huge. Like, I mean, the power this man has, uh, he doesn't weigh that much. Let me, let me rephrase that. Huge. Yo, it's your boy, Aaron B. And I'm here to talk about our SLA and Chill merch at teesprings.com. Type in SLA and Chill Merch Shop with the capital S and get you some merch. We got hoodies, leggings for the ladies, t-shirts, no sleeves, all the stuff that you want to wear in the summer and and for next year. And uh, get you 25% off with the all caps chill 25% off and get you that discount code and share it with your friends that discount code man I want everybody wearing that Celine Chill merch podcast line man it's some good stuff go and check us out at teesprings.com and do us a favor when you buy the merch and it comes in the mail take a picture in it and we'll post the picture of y'all in our merch we want to have a whole bunch of people when we do a collage of all the supporters we have out there. But that's all I have to say. Let's get into this episode. Peace. Is not the right way to say it, but his, uh, the way he moves and his power at defensive end, it's elite, man. I don't think he had quite the level of production he should have had. Uh, But he's got a great speed to power move. And he's he's got the ability to play the run. I don't think he turns into a sack machine right off the back. But I think given a little time on that defensive line, he could.
I, I watched tape and I like what I've seen. And that's, that's a, I feel like that's a good pickup, and especially in this round, the type of player he is. Yeah, I've seen, so, from what I've heard there, like about him, just not not just the tape, but whenever people are talking about him, they're worried about the lack of production there. And um, I disagree. I think in college football, having three or four sacks, you can still be a great athlete and still have a good chance at uh, being a great NFL player because college football doesn't have the deep dropbacks like the NFL does. Sometimes that guy will beat the guy off the side three, four, five plays in a row and just can't get to quarterback fast enough because the quarterback's throwing a short route. He's throwing uh, a screen. He's throwing another short route. Like, it's not like the NFL where you're doing 15-yard throws, you're taking a three-step drop back, you're taking five-step drop backs. You might stand and deliberate for a second, try and move around the pocket. There's a lot more of get to your spot, throw the ball. And it's a lot harder to pick up those sacks whenever you're doing that. Yeah. Another thing you could also look at is the talent on the team and stuff like that. Maybe that could be why he may lack in certain stats, but that's why a lot of people say look at the film and see what type of player he is. You'll really learn from that for more than just the stats. Oh, of course, yeah. Any Anytime you're evaluating people, if you look at their stats, you're going to get lied to. Mm, that's true. But, uh, we go into the fourth round, and I went for a swing tackle because we've been having a little injury history with uh, Tyron Smith, and then uh, Collins actually up, uh, got even better this year and stayed healthy. But my biggest worry is Tyron Smith uh, injury uh, history and stuff like that. We can at least get him for 13 games, but I feel like we need a, a solid offensive tackle. And I went with Akeem Adenaje. Uh, from uh, Kansas, he's 6'4", 302. He's excellent at the point of attack. And uh, when when he might miss up on it, he, he has a recovery. He knows how to recover and get back into his block and, and finish. And that's what I like about him. I feel like he can play the left or the right and stuff like that. And then you have a coach like Joe Philman, who's a hell of an offensive line coach. I definitely think he could develop him into a, a solid offensive lineman. Hopefully, when... Uh, Tyron Smith retires, or he just his position is just being our off our, our swing tackle because there's nothing wrong with having a great good backup just in case one of your stars get hurt. So I went with him from uh, Kansas. Oh yeah, I like that pick, man. I like uh, I like the idea of having someone who can back up Ty, uh, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins if they get injured. Maybe slide them inside if somebody takes an injury at guard. Yeah, I, um, I never feel like. It played inside too as well but who'd you go with the fourth round I finally got us a backup quarterback uh okay I don't have any problem with Cooper Rush I actually like him he's a cool guy I don't want him throwing the football for the Cowboys anytime this year period other than maybe in practice I went and got Jake out of Georgia two years ago he was the presumptive number one pick. Everybody was going to go after him. There was no chance in hell that he wasn't coming off the board number one. He's fallen down since then as far as uh, his projections for the NFL, and I get it. His uh, his stats have waned. His play, you found holes in it. He's not making every single throw perfect like Joe Burrow, but a lot of those throws that he makes, he puts them on target. He can throw into a... Uh, he can throw through a window 15, 20 yards away consistently and what I like about him is that even after he lost his star players and his offensive coordinator he still put up a pretty damn good year last year may not have been as good as whenever everybody wanted him as the first pick of the draft but you can see the talent there you can see some of the uh, the great traits that he has and being able to extend plays by a little bit he's good under pressure Arm strength's a little questionable, but um, as a fourth-round quarterback who projects as a backup at this point, I like him. I think he can. I think he has the potential to become a starter in the league, and I think he definitely has the potential to uh, step in and play a game or two if Dak were to go down. Yeah, I wouldn't mind him being on our team. I actually like the majority, but a lot of 
that's one as big as Daniel Falls is he may not have the strongest arm, but he's a he's a hell of a quarterback. Yeah, I my thing with him is I think he kind of got an unfair shake there because he had a great offensive coordinator, and whenever he left, uh, he also lost some of the star talent that Georgia had two years ago. Whenever he was posting those numbers, that made everybody believe he should have been the next like Tom Brady. That was I don't remember where I was reading it. It's been two years, but everything I saw on him from that uh, from that point in time, there were. NFL owners and uh, high-level execs saying, well, we actually want this kid from uh, Georgia, Jake Fromm. We're going to wait and not draft a quarterback in this year. We're not going to draft a quarterback this year because we want Jake Fromm. And then, of course, you had uh, Tua come out and perform amazing, and you had Joe Burrow just have the year he had. And uh, it kind of makes Fromm look like an afterthought, and to some degree he is. That's why he's in the fourth round, not the first, but – uh. I think a guys who are going to fall in this draft, Jake Fromm's one of the better ones. Yeah, that would. I think I definitely could see him in that round where he'd be one of the people forget. Oh, he he's still right here. We should pick him up. And I think that he's one of those type of guys. But uh, we're now we're in the fifth round. We have two fifth round picks in Dallas Cowboys do. And I went with Kenny Robinson Jr., safety out of West Virginia, who also played with the XFL. So he had experience playing in the pros. He's 6'2", 202. In my opinion, I feel like he's versatile to play the box. He could play play free. I feel like he'd be – his projection, in my opinion, as being that, uh, that backup, that solid backup, maybe possibly start some games, but I wouldn't throw him out there too soon. And stuff like that, but uh, I throw the quick stats on his uh when he played for West Virginia he last uh, in 2018. He had 52 tackles, four interceptions, four pass deflections, so solid production. I think I'm trying to remember he got kicked out of West Virginia, was trying to transfer or something like that, didn't work out, so he took the XFL route. I know there's NFL talent, but not like superstar talent, but he has. He has experience of playing pro-level football, which is not compared to NFL, but I kind of like that he he played in the, in pro-level football, so he, he kind of got a feel of it and stuff like that. And I definitely am going with Kenny Robinson Jr. out of West Virginia with a fifth-round pick for the Dallas Cowboys. I like it. I definitely like it. I got no complaints on that. Kind of making me re-pick or rethink my draft pick here. Uh, I went with an interior defensive lineman, uh, Khalil Davis out of Nebraska. He's got, he's a big dude. He's 6'1", 308 pounds. And uh, that may not seem that huge to you, Aaron, but to me, that guy can make me look tiny. And uh, give me just a second here. I got to find my notes. Sorry, I'm trying to stall for a second. I'm saying, uh, no, that, that's still big to me. I played against a guy around that side. That ain't no joke. <laughs> the ones that are six in that, as far as the lower bill guys that are like under six two, that had a lower center, uh, center of gravity, more scary ones than the ones that are like super tall playing against. Believe oh, me. yeah. I mean, if a guy's six seven, it's going to be easy to get up and under his pads as an offensive lineman. But uh, all right, here they are. Khalil Davis, first thing I saw on this guy is he has incredible up-field burst. Like, it's not quite a leap, but damn, is it good. And then uh, he's good with his hands. Uh, offensive linemen who are trying to get just their hands on him and not push into him, and he knocks that shit out of there constantly. I think of the late-round guys, he's got great upside, and he's got an actual chance of falling to the fifth round on day three. He's got, he's not necessarily uh, top end talent at this point in time, but he's got high potential. I can see it. Yeah, I watched a little, I watched tape on him too, because he was actually one of my ideas to pick up. Uh, I feel like he definitely could, now you have McCoy and Poe, but you have guys like Antoine Woods and Tristan Hill, which you don't know who's, how, what type of player he's going to be. Kind of bring bring a little noise in the defensive line, type of deal. See yeah, what that's type of player. 
kind of nervous about picking him because you have four solid defensive tackles already. And then on top of that, you've got Tyrone Crawford who can move around the defensive line. So on the one hand, like I I don't like this as a pick for him because they've already got four and it's going to be hard for him to get a, a bunch of play time. But given a couple years to develop, I think he could actually turn into something really good. And by round five, I'm fine with taking a prospect. Yeah. At that round, that's when you start looking at prospects for maybe a year or two from now. They could be something. Or you never know. They could blossom real quick and stuff like that and become a starter. Not not saying that he's going to beat out McCoy and uh, Poe, but you never know what type of player he could be. No, I agree with you completely there. Um, who do you have on that second round five pick at 179? I went with a versatile, uh, they call him the Swiss Army Knife uh, tight end, Dalton Keene out of Virginia Tech, who was 6'4", 253 pounds. I felt I watched tape. He didn't play inline tight end. He didn't play H-back, fullback. Oh, you can put him in anywhere. That's perfect. I that's, I'm drafting guys that are versatile. They can play multiple positions because that's the type of NFL we're in now. You can't just play one position. Your your career is gonna be short if you just can only you only play one position. You gotta play multiple multiple positions out there. I feel like he's that guy. He can get touchdowns and and get yards after the catch. He averaged 11.4 yards after catch in the feel like he'd be that good number two in the late round because you got guys like Blake Bell and uh, Dalton Schultz who are more of a are more of a blocking tight end so you need that receiving tight end to add on to Blake Jarwin so I'm going with Dalton I like it I think the Cowboys need a tight end just about as bad as anyone at this point in time don't get me wrong I like Dalton Schultz I uh I think he's really good for what he is, but I don't. There's no chance of him developing into like a superstar. There's no chance of him uh, being like a every game difference maker type of player. And I hope what I'm saying right now comes back to bite me in the ass and that he becomes one of those. But I don't see it. Yeah, I think we don't. None of us wish bad on those on any of the players in the NFL general. Especially on our team, we hopefully they, they they prove us wrong. I want them. To prove yeah, man, I want every single player in the NFL to turn into you know Tom Brady, but it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, true. So now we're into the last pick of the draft, seventh oh, round. Wait, I gotta oh, do my. my... No, you're I'm good, sorry. man. I got uh, I got us taking a guard in Michael on Wenu. Wenu. I'm sorry, I can't say his last name to save my life. Mike on Wenu. Uh, he's yeah. six three six uh, three hundred and forty four pounds. Damn, I almost said six hundred and forty four pounds. Man, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, twenty six reps on bench press. So you know he's pretty strong. Um, he's coming out of Michigan. So he played against some damn good defensive tackles throughout the year. And with the re- with uh, Travis Frederick retiring suddenly, I think we're going to need as much talent along that the center of our offensive line as we can get. Um, I think with as big as he is and with, uh, with the strength that he possesses, he can actually turn into something. He's got a huge, wide body. He's got great legs and ass and uh, tree trunks for arms. So I just, I think he's got a, he's got good time, uh, good chance of becoming a decent, solid backup at guard. We definitely need that uh, interior offensive line to be a point. I know Looney's a solid uh, center, but we, we definitely need to add more to the team. And then we don't know what type of player Conor McGovern is because he was hurt with the torn pick for the whole season. So hopefully he develops into something and we'll find out who our center is. Or maybe they'll be ro- maybe do rotation 
until we can find who's the, who's that guy. And I don't dislike uh, Connor Williams, but I think he got taken advantage of a little bit too much last year. Yeah. In my opinion, I feel like he's more of a a tackle. But but for some reason, they see him as a guard. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to be able to push people around like he uh, should be able to for playing guard. You got to be physical playing that guard. You got to be physical in general, but you, you got to be solid. willing to throw your body into freaking car crash every single play of the game. For I don't know. I don't see it. It's not that I like dislike him as a player. I think he's pretty good. Uh, he's in the fucking NFL for shit's sake. But um, I don't see the willingness to throw his body around quite like I do other prospect or other guys on the team. Yeah. He's kind of more of the finesse guy on the team, but definitely a talented player. But we'll maybe we'll see a, a tremendous change from him this year. We never know. Uh, so, so now um, we're to my bad. Now we're to the third. Or, now we're to the seventh round. Jesus Christ, man! You think I smoked before this podcast? Did not. Damn. Seventh round pick. We got the 231st. Please save me. Take it away. I got you, man. I understand. Long day. Work. All the stuff's going on. It's all good. So, seventh round. It was kind of rough because I I did a shout out to PFF uh, mock draft, man. Ooh, it took me almost 10 minutes to figure out who I wanted as my seventh round pick. <laughs> Dude, how the fuck am I going to know who's going to be available in the seventh round? You know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. at this point, it's going in play. Yeah, you can't get mad at uh, who you pick in the seventh round. You may. Your 231st pick went off the board in the sixth round. You must be terrible at evaluating. No, dude. Nobody knows who's going to be available by the seventh round, except for people you're expecting to be undrafted free. That's true. Uh, so I went with a guy I, I seen play. He transferred. He, he's a quarterback. I went with Kelly Bryant out of Missouri. I like what he's he's been behind. He start but got behind players like he's been behind Trevor Lawrence, who took his spot, and then he transferred to Missouri, but ended up had to be behind the. Uh, Drew Locke, who recently got drafted last year to the Broncos. He has talent. He definitely could be in zone read, stuff like that. Similar to what they play in Dallas. He doesn't have the greatest arm, but he's a but he has a good arm, high character guy in my opinion. He's 6'3, 229, at 15 touchdowns, scramb, scrambling quarterback. And uh he can make plays on, on the move, which I feel like would fit perfectly as a backup. Maybe he'll be a – we never know. He could be a, good, a number two or a number three or developing to something. I feel like he's, he's a good player. He just had bad luck in, in, the, in, the, in his college career. But a veteran guy, I've been, I think he's been in the five years rich already because of uh, the transfer thing. But – I went with Kelly Bryant as my my last pick in this in our mock draft. Okay, I like. I mean, I like it. I like it. I don't. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's seventh round, man. It's seventh round. Uh, I I went with JJ Taylor out of the running back out of Arizona. I. I don't know for a fact he'll get drafted here, but I love the way he plays. He's five foot five, 185 pounds, and he slams into defensive backs and linebackers like he's six foot one, 215. Um, oh yeah, no, hey, he'll truck the shit out of you, man. But uh, he's he's a little tiny guy, and I mean, tiny, he's my size. He's the same height as me. Maybe that's why I like him so much. But uh, he can catch the ball well out of the backfield. He runs a four-six-one, so that's kind of slow uh, for a running back. But he's got he's got incredible power. 
And if he can, uh, if he can get just a little bit better at catching the ball out of the backfield, it'll be a nightmare for opposing defenses. And in the seventh round, you're not looking for, <laughs> you're not looking for Zeke. You're, uh, you're looking for a backup for him. And I think it would be great to have a change of pace guy like JJ Taylor out there, who can still go through and truck the hell out of somebody, but he's a uh, threat out of the backfield just like Tony Pollard is. It's not. There's nothing wrong with having those two, two guys like that. Was, Tony Pollard was a good play the receiver as well. They're they're not. They may not be the biggest guys by foot. I'm 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 gonna check out JJ Taylor. It kind of intrigues me when you told me how big he is. I wouldn't oh, yeah, mind Go look at just look up one of his highlight tapes on uh on YouTube. Uh, JJ Taylor out of uh, Arizona. He's five foot five, and he'll go through and truck the shit out of every corner I saw him go up against. Man, we need to next year. We need to get a website, and we're gonna do where you do the draft profiles. Oh, <laughs> uh, you want you want me to do all the draft profiles, man? I uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do mine too. We'll both do. We'll do like a, a top twenty-five. I'm not down to do three, four hundred fucking draft profiles. My brain would implode. No, my brain was fried. <laughs> I'd be like, he's good. Right, like you get to the round, you're just like, I like this guy. His name is blah, blah, blah. I like blah, 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 because his name is blah, blah, blah. It's like playing Madden. You get to that seventh round, you just start picking people based on what their name is. Yeah, I applaud the people that do that every year. <laughs> That's a lot of prospects. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll and we'll, we'll definitely see what's going on. We're not doing a top 300. Like you said, our oh, yeah. I, love, I love looking at the top five, top 10 from every position, but you start getting outside of that, man, that just. There's a reason that NFL teams have scouting departments and not just a scout. Oh, yeah. yeah. You at least have like 10 or 15 scouts or even more, depends on the team. It would be fun to do, but no, no top one. <laughs> we got through our uh, our Dallas Cowboys mock draft. Yeah, that was fun. You ready to do all 31 of the other teams? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we got two days. Let's, let's knock this shit out, man. All right. Hey, we... We should take a commercial break, though. Oh, yes, 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 we should. Uh, We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen.